Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prophecy Podcast. We've got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Talking the Star Podcast. I'm your host Connor Livesy. Joined by my co-host and I, Cole Patterson. Uh, Dalton Miller not with us this week, but he'll be back next week. Uh, we are almost a week removed, like six days removed from the Cowboys' Week One loss to the Buccaneers, 29-31. A uh, relatively fun game. Kind of went the way I think I thought it would, with it being closer than we expected. Uh, being closer than I, th- I, you know, I think a lot of people expected. Um, but that's kind of when we talked about it last week. I, you know, when we talked about our, our season rankings, um, our win loss predictions. I I think the Cowboys are still going to lose next week against the Chargers. And I said that before Lyle went down. It kind of makes me feel a little bit better about my prediction. So I did have the Cowboys starting 0 and 2. They've started 0 and 1. Um, and we'll see what happens this coming up week. But Cole, how you doing? How did you take the loss last week, and are you ready for uh, Los Angeles' this coming up weekend? Yeah, I would say the Cowboys definitely exceeded my expectations for week one. Um, as excited as I was for Dak to be on the field, I wasn't sure how well he would play right out the gate. Um, just, you know, I mean, he hasn't been on the football field since week five, um, and he's playing against really good defense. So, you know, I had some worries there. Not worries, but uh, I wasn't sure how well he was going to play. I didn't know if he, if he, if he was going to you know, throw for 400 yards. So that definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, especially when you added in the fact that the Cowboys had no running game at all, um, just because the Buccaneers, uh, every time they did try to run the ball, the Buccaneers stopped it, and there's really no point in, you know, uh, going at the best part of the Buccaneers' defense when it wasn't working. So the fact they were, like, one-dimensional, he still ran, or still threw for 400 yards, really impressed me. And the team itself, I mean, defense caused poor turnovers, um, I mean, granted, one was at the end of a half, but still, I mean, they uh, they played pretty well, all things considered. Um, I know you, I can't, I can't remember, if you were Dalton that was project, projecting an outright win. It may have been Dalton, yeah, um, Dalton. I guess. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but it surprised me because with Zach Martin not in there, um, I was, I think my expectations were exceeded for week one, which has been confident moving forward. Um, and that does have me excited for week two. Um, obviously, the Chargers presented a different test, um, another challenge as well. But um, I think the offense, even with Gallup sideline, even with Leo Collins suspended, I think the offense is going to be everything we thought it was going to be, and that has me like really excited for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
Definitely agree. You know, I thought the the offense was like you just said, kind of everything we thought, if not more impressive than we thought it would be in week one with the the longer layoff for Dak. Um, I thought Kellen Moore really, you know, there's there's kind of been some, you know, we we talked a little bit last week actually uh, about when we went through and ranked the, you know, talked about the coordinators and, and gave kind of our ranking on those guys. Like we were like, yeah, you know, we'll give Kellen Moore a B. Um, but I mean, I think that last week he he showed like, I mean, I, I wrote about it some today. But like in 2019, Jason Garrett still had a leash wrapped around Kellen Moore's neck, and every time yeah. he felt like he wanted to get creative, it got yanked. 2020, he lost Dak Prescott. He you know was that without Tyron and Lyle. Like you know, while we've seen two full years of Kellen Moore, I feel like we still haven't gotten that full Kellen Moore experience, and I feel like. Thursday was a glimpse of what it could be. Now it needs to continue because we've seen, like in 2020, it started off good, but then he went through some periods. I thought where, you know, he would, you know, the the Seattle game. I think it was in 2020. The Seattle game. I remember was a little, uh, a little hit or miss with me on Kellen. But um, again, I think Kellen's a really good coordinator. I think Thursday he he proved that he can help this team win. He's not a median. He's a he's a difference maker. So for me going forward, I, I'm really excited about this offense. There was some um, there there was some excitement about the defense. I thought you know kind of what I touched on last week when we talked about when we went through position rankings, and I I said you know we talked about the tweet that I put out where I said I thought this defense could be worse than it was last year, and a lot of people disagreed with that. I know Dalton disagreed with me, um, you know, and what I'm, I didn't mean like player for player, they would be worse, but I think how bad your corner two and corner three could be, could make this defense worse in terms of scoring, in terms of how they get attacked. I feel like that kind of showed up on Thursday. Like they just picked on Anthony Brown all game. They went to Jordan Lewis when they had to, they stayed away from Trayvon Diggs. And my fear is that any team that has a good quarterback and t- at least two, you know, solid receiving weapons can pretty much do what they want on this defense, and that's what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers proved. So that's my only concern with this defense. I think the safeties are are better. I think the the pass rush depth concerns me, but I think Dan Quinn will be creative enough to make some of this stuff work. I think we'll see Michael Parsons rush. I think these linebackers are better. I think the defensive tackles are below average. But with the linebackers being better and with the the safeties being better and with the defensive ends being good against the run, better against the run, they might be okay there. But um, we wanted to take a bigger picture look at the NFC uh, today with all Week One games um, over with. There's no more Week One games to talk about, so we wanted to look at the Cowboys up against the rest of the NFC um, to see how, kind of how they. You know, rank out. Obviously, they played an NFC team in the Buccaneers in Week One and didn't come out on top. But they are the reigning Super Bowl champs and one of the better teams in the NFL. Who else from the NFC did you see in Week One that really uh, maybe gave you a little bit of worry that might not, maybe maybe not even on their schedule, but a team they could see in the playoffs if they do make it that far? Yeah, um, it's hard to not overreact to Week One stuff um just because they haven't seen football like real football in months um it's hard not to be at least a little impressed with uh what the saints did um if you're looking for a team that's a little bit under the radar um there's some speculation of what Jameis winston would be um with the saints this year 
if he could be that guy. Now, I don't know if he's going to be in the MVP race or if the Saints are going to be a serious Super Bowl threat. But um, he played pretty well, and the whole Saints team really played well against the Packers. So I think all three of us have is uh, one of the top teams in the NFC, one of the teams to beat in the conference. Um, James didn't do anything special um, or anything crazy. I think he only um, – I think he completed or attempted like 20 passes, but he still um, – Three for five touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, the Saints are a team that I think can uh, make some noise, maybe not, again, be a threat, but um, make the playoffs a team to, to watch out for. Um, if you're looking for somebody else in the NFC, the Eagles, I'm not going to say he's a threat either to be a serious playoff Super Bowl threat, but they impressed me. I wasn't really expecting them to um, play like that on – on um, on Sunday against the Falcons. Now the Falcons aren't great or anything, but Jalen Hurts exceeded my expectations. Uh, wasn't really sure what to expect from him, but he played pretty well. The whole ground game um, in Philadelphia was was really good. Kent Gainwell um, scored a touchdown. Um, their play action worked. At, I watched a little bit of that game as I was flipping through channels. Um, then the Arizona Cardinals. Um, again, you don't want to overreact too much to Week One. But, man, everything they did seemed to work against a pretty solid Titans team. I know the Titans are uh, replacing some offensive staff, um, notably Arthur Smith, of course. Um, but still, I mean, the Fal- or the Cardinals, excuse me, uh, Kyler Murray played exceptional. Chandler Jones, at the season end of the day, would be not only a defensive player of the year, would be in the conversation for MVP. <laughs> you know, he had five sacks, two forced fumbles, everything he wanted to do, he did. Um, I'm, I don't know if, if – I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Cliff, um, to be honest. Uh, I don't know how sustainable everything they did was, but um, I think they were the team that – if you're looking for – I think we all think the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks to a degree are all – Legit threats, um, but if you're looking for another team, I think the Cardinals, they had the personnel. Um, they got Kyler Murray. They got DeAndre Hopkins. They have weapons um, to get the ball to. They have they have some defensive talent, and I think I think they really impressed me um, in that game. And I think, I think that is a team that can make some serious noise. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, you kind of touched on on really all the all the good ones. You stole stole the spotlight a little bit, but uh. I think the I think the Seahawks um, impressed me a little bit. You know, I mean the Colts. Obviously, the Colts' offense isn't great. We've seen Carson Wentz for a long time to know that it probably won't ever get there with him. You know, at the helm. But I mean, that defense isn't a bad defense. And I thought the Seahawks. You know, they kind of took away DK Metcalf. I thought Russell Wilson. Um, you know Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson were able to handle a lot of that pressure on the moans uh, on their own, and I really like Gerald Everett in that offense. Um, Gerald Everett was a really good player for the Rams with Tyler Higby for a while, and they kind of brought him over, and that's been a super quiet signing. I picked him up a ton in fantasy football leagues because he was a late round tight end, and I was like, Gerald Everett, Russell Wilson, like. I mean, how many Will Disleys and those type of tight ends do the Seahawks, like, pull out of nowhere? Jacob Hollister. So it's like, now they actually have a pretty athletic, like, good tight end. Like, I'll I'll take him in the 14th Mm -hmm. round of this fantasy football draft. But (laughs) I thought the Seahawks looked good. I mean, all of those NFC West teams just are are, are good, man. Like, Mm -hmm. Seahawks, the the Cardinals, the the Rams, and then um, the – who am I forgetting? The 
49ers. 49ers, right. All the teams we just touched about are all NFC West teams. Uh, <laughs> and again, like, I don't trust the Rams yet. And I know that might sound crazy because people, a lot of people have them going into the Super Bowl. But, like, yeah, they yeah. beat the Bears by 20. And, yes, the offense did look good. But the Bears looked awful. Offensively, yeah. defensively, like, across the board, they looked terrible. I know you can't just take away two plays or anything. I know it doesn't work like that. But, I mean, if you take two of the plays away from the Rams, it wasn't – their offense wasn't great. I mean, that one of those touchdowns was completely blown coverage that nobody was in the same area code as Cooper Cup. <laughs> and then the other one was a good play. Don't get me wrong, but it was um, the Van Jefferson, that catch he had. He fell down. And there was like three Bears defenders surrounding him, and none of them thought to touch him, and he got the Rams in. Right. Twenty yard. I mean, so that, I mean, it's still two impressive plays, but it's not like they just. It's not like it was like Dallas or Tampa Bay or even Kansas City where they're just going up and down the field and scoring. Right. Uh, but so I'm with you there. I think they can be good, but I think I think people are too excited for uh, Matt Stafford to be out of Detroit to where they're like already naming him like Super Bowl favor, Super Bowl right. contenders. Like, and and I know. mean, like I guess one of the biggest things for me is like. I really didn't even realize it or think of it, but, like, the Bears' defense has gotten not good. Like, for yeah. a while, it was like that's all they had was their defense, but, like, Kyle Fuller's there, not there anymore. Um, you know, like, they still have Khalil Mack, but other than that, like, they don't have – you know, Akeem Hicks is still there, but, I mean, they, they just don't have the pl- – like, Eddie Jackson has kind of fallen off a cliff. Like, at one time he was viewed as a, you know, top five safety in the league, but, like – They've just they've really gone downhill. Um, and then the other team that I didn't mention that you talked a lot about was the Saints. I mean, I just don't think you can ask them to do any more than they did uh, against a a good team in Green Bay um, in Week One. Um, you know, obviously their defense looked great. Their Jameis looked really good, mm-hmm. super efficient. I mean, they they just look good. Um, and again, kind of like we're talking about the Rams and maybe some of these other teams. Like, is that sustainable? Is Jameis mm-hmm. Winston? Being is that you know he threw what he barely threw the ball and threw five touchdowns like that's yeah. not something that you're I gonna do. Like, I think it's the lowest. I think he had twenty attempts. I think I saw a stat that it's the lowest amount of attempts to have like five or more touchdowns. Right. Yeah. So like obviously week to week that's not gonna pan out. Um, and again, like Green Bay looked awful. Aaron Rodgers looked awful. Defense looked awful. I mean, it's just that was a terrible week for that Green Bay Packers team, which. Mm-hmm. That, that could open up a playoff spot. That's something we don't really talk about. We're not really discussing. Um, but, like, you know, if Green Bay falls out, and, I mean, obviously somebody's got to win that division, but you would think that Green Bay would be in a, a wild card hunt. And the Cowboys don't win the division, but win 10, 11 games, and Washington or Philly or whoever it is ends up winning the division. Like, that's a playoff spot that we could be talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Opening up if Green Bay isn't on their um, on their A game, and uh, that's kind of where I wanted to go next. As I mentioned, Washington, I mentioned Philly, I mentioned the the Giants. Let's touch on those games a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Washington lost to the Chargers twenty to sixteen. I think the Chargers are a good team this year. So while you know, I, I think that that was a good loss for the Cowboys. I'm not so sure it was just two good teams playing each other. And uh, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt in that game, so. The momentum shift shifted a little bit there, and uh, the, I think the thing that stood out to me the most in that game is that the Chargers' offense 
moved the ball really well against what a lot of people think is the best defense in this league. And yeah. that gives me some some concern for this coming up Sunday, but it also makes me wonder, is this Washington defense not all we thought it would be? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Because defenses, you know, are so... One year they're really good. The next year, um, same defenses will drop down a level uh, and vice versa. You know, there's that's why there's some hope that the Cowboys' defense could be better this year because it was just so bad last year, you know. Um, so I do, I do think uh, maybe that's – maybe the Washington's defense does take a step back. But, um, but yeah, the Chargers' offense is legit. I think it does uh, present the Cowboys with a legit um, challenge this week. And you kind of mentioned it earlier, just any team that has a good quarterback and at least two – you know, receiving threats can do whatever they want to the Cowboys. And um, obviously Chargers don't have the amount of weapons that um, the Tampa Bay does, but they still have, you know, Keenan Allen receiver. They still have uh, a veteran Jared Pickett tight end. They have some talent. Mike, Willi- Mike Williams looked good for, for yeah. a little – he fell apart there at the end, but, man, he for the first first half he looked uh, he looked really good. Yeah, he's another red zone threat that get the ball to downfield. Jalen Guyton's a guy that um, can stretch the field as well. He has some good speed. Um, he made a good connection with um, with Herbert last year as well. Um, and then you got Eckler out of the backfield. I know he's dealing with the hamstring injury, but if he's ready to go um, again in week two, he's another guy that can hurt you in both ways. Um so I do think this is a really good challenge for the Cowboys defense. See if they can uh, maybe take some of the momentum um, that they got from week one and move it to week two. I know that sounds weird because they did go up 30 points and they lost. Um, they gave up some big touchdowns as well. But I think by all accounts they played, the defense played a lot better than many expected. Uh, so I want to see if they can do that and make life hard on Justin Herbert, at least in critical situations. I don't expect them to – hold the Chargers under 20 points or, uh, you know, keep uh, Herbert in check for most of the game or whatever. But if they can make some key stops in the red zone or on third down and um, get the ball to Dak Prescott and to this offense and everything, I, I think that could be big moving forward. Because um, you're right, I mean, the Chargers are a really good team. And and yeah, they some people are looking, well, they, they barely beat Washington. Like you said, Washington has a good defense, and that that could very well be two playoff-caliber teams should one team just had to lose. And L.A. did go literally from one side of the country to the <laughs> other and won that game. That game was like, a, what, what would it be, like 10, maybe 10 in the morning, West Coast time? Yeah. Um, which is just, <laughs> just ridiculous. So uh, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, see if the defense can make some key stops. If they do, and then if Dan Quinn and the staff makes any adjustments, like – um, do they try to hide Anthony Brown a little bit more this week, or are they just or are they just stuck with him being cornerback too? And 
having to live with that. Um, and can Tra- Trayvon Diggs build on his um, week one performance? Um, that's that's kind of what I'll have my eyes on. Yeah, and I I really don't even want to touch on the the Eagles yet, just because <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, they beat the crap out of the Falcons, yeah. but the Falcons looked awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Eagles like the Eagles scored thirty two points, and like their offense was just so elementary. I think I think I saw some of the day where Jalen Hurts like his yeah. yards per attempt were like three or something or something. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that was even accurate, but I saw that and was like, yeah, that can't be her. I didn't watch the entire game, but I was flipping through back and forth, and it seemed like every time they had the ball, um, it was really just runs. And I mean, they didn't really ask a lot about a lot out of Jalen Hurts. It's kind of like right. the Cardinals game last year. And to Hurts' credit, he took advantage of it. You know, he um, knew when to tuck the ball and run instead of forcing a pass. But yeah, no, I don't think there's a whole lot you can take out of. Right. Almost like like I said, I don't even want to don't even want to talk about that game yeah. just because it was. I feel like it was such a one-off deal, but I mean the Giants looked bad. You know, I, th- I think there are some people who thought that the Giants could be a, a favorite to win this division. Um, you know, they brought in some receivers: Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard's finally healthy, Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, Saquon's back, but they looked awful. I mean, that offense is just terrible. The defense looked like it's that that defense right there because the defense for New York was really good last year. Like that was like their calling card was their defense and. But when we're talking about like defense results not being repeatable year to year, like I felt like that was a good example. Like they looked, Teddy Bridgewater did what he wanted to do against the Giants <laughs> defense, and that's something you shouldn't have have happen. Yeah, it was. I just don't get like I get going into the season that um, that New York has a pretty good roster, from top to bottom, uh, comparable to other teams, but I just. I know you aren't a Daniel Jones fan either, but I just can never get it, buy into that kind of hype if he's your quarterback. And I just right. don't get how so many New York – I mean, I get fandom is a real drug. You know, you, you love to be biased and everything like that. But I don't get how you can, as a Giants fan, sit there and realistically expect to compete with Daniel Jones as your quarterback. And I, I want to say the entire game is on him in week one, but he didn't elevate the team at all. The defense, like you said, played – terribly and I mean the Broncos do have a good team they do have a good roster um I think we can all agree on that their secondary is really good they have some weapons even without Jerry Judy but yeah I mean New York they I think they're the least impressive team in the division the maybe that's just because I just saw Philly beat the crap out of Atlanta (laughs) I just you in the fact that Jason Garrett's still calling plays I see there's a lot of People um, upset about that uh, up in New York. Um, you know, they're coming around to what we had to live through for a decade. I just don't think New York's a legit threat until, like, unless something seriously changes uh, really fast. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I, I still – I don't know if I'll – I don't know. I don't – like you said, it's recency bias for me to be a little bit more concerned about Eagles than the Giants. But, like, I'll know more after this week if it's if yeah. it's a – you know, if it's more Philadelphia fighting for worse or Giants fighting for worse. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that after one week, even though the Cowboys lost, the Eagles were the only team in the NFC East to win, I feel better about the Cowboys' chances to win this division after week one. Um, I was, again, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. Like, I've been kind of pessimistic on it. Like, 
Are we really going to sit here and expect the Cow- the Dallas Cowboys to win 12 games in a year that we're expecting them to be good? Like, how often does that happen? Every year we think this team's got it together, going to take control, going to win the division. They go 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, they mm-hmm. 2019, perfect example for me. You know, so it's just like I have a hard time buying into it um, fully. But after week one... I see Kellen's impact. I see that the quarterback's playing at the same level he started the year at last year. Even though this defense, I think, has a chance to be worse than it was last year, I saw a lot of positivity from a development standpoint of Trayvon Diggs. Um, While Michael Parsons didn't have the type of preseason that he had, he still played a really good game, in my opinion. Demarcus Lawrence looks fresh and ready to go. The biggest thing for me, if this this team wants to make the playoffs, they're going to have to find a pass rusher on that other edge. I mean, Randy Gregory, we think, could be that guy, but he just did not. I didn't think he played well. Um, He didn't play bad, but I don't think he did what we hyped him up to be, what, what a lot of people were hyping him up to be, which was a... You know, 12 sack a year. You know, we were talking about double-digit sacks from Randy Gregory, and he had a pretty relatively easy assignment against Donovan Smith and laid a goose egg. Like, had some nice plays against the run, but from a pass-rushing standpoint, I didn't see many reps on tape where he won, and you're going to have – I mean, he's going to have to win because it can't be, you know, that third down that they converted on the, you know, questionable offensive pass interference to Chris Godwin. It was Bradley and I, Brent Urban – Terrell Basham and Carlos Watkins on the field. Like if that's your second unit on the defensive line, you're going to get picked apart. That's just the truth of it. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think there's any chance the pass rush does improve um, over the course of the season? Or do you think it week one is what, for the most part, is what it's going to be for the most of the season? I mean, I hope Randy's going to show more than he did in week one. Just maybe it was first game. I mean, he's never – He's never been a starter in week one for this defense. And maybe it was jitters. Maybe it was just, you know, a little bit too much pressure on him. Maybe he was dealing with some COVID symptoms, you know, slowed him down a little bit before. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But, I mean, again, like, I love Randy Gregory. I have his football jersey. I don't know many people have Randy Gregory's football jersey. But I thought the I thought I thought the double digit like sack like Pro Bowl talk was a little too premature for that for for him. And again, I love him. I think he's I think he's a good player, but I can't go there yet. And and I thought week one kind of showed that and we didn't see anything from the Terrell Basham's or I think mm-hmm. Dorrance Armstrong actually rushed the passer a little bit better than Randy Gregory did. And I'm a noted Dorrance Armstrong hater, you know, like <laughs> how Tom Brady held onto that ball when Armstrong. Yeah, I, I mean, that's just, yeah. it's crazy. But defense did get four turnovers too. I mean, like, mm-hmm. how are we not talking? How is that not being talked about more? I mean, again, it's do I expect this defense to get four turnovers every week? Absolutely not. But we've been begging for turnovers for a decade plus now, and they gave us four. We still lost thirty-one to twenty-nine. I, so. I thought it, that that one right before halftime, the interception at the end of the half. I first second, yeah. I really thought it was going to be. I did too. Nine yard pick six. I, I like, did oh. too. And it looked like I think if one, I could be mistaken because I haven't gone back and watched that play, but. It's like one person makes a block or whatever it was. Yeah. It, was it was really close to being a touchdown. And and I, and I kept uh, telling him to slow down and lateral it because it was like it was like <laughs> and it was like 
an offensive lineman, Tom Brady, and like maybe a tight end down there. And I was like, dude, just slow down and have pitch it backwards and like let somebody else say <laughs> it. to another like, DB. It's, it's kind of yeah. like the uh, like one like a kick six situation where the big yeah. men on the uh, field. So, yeah. so that that would have been awesome. If you yeah. if you are looking for, I guess a. Uh, bright spot with pass rush, maybe some hope. If you're looking for some hope, um, that Trevor Sikama tweeted that um, Michael Parsons and Osa um, were both two of the top five um, rookies, according to PFF. They, they're two of the top five pass rush win grades um, or win wow. percentages um, with at least 10 pass rush snaps. Um, Parsons was four and Osa was five. Um, Looks like Micah played um, 13 or had 13 of those snaps. Osa had 26. Um, so two of the top five around the Cowboys, um, again, from rookies, uh, pass rush win percentage, or at least 10 pass rushing snaps. So, I mean, that, that could be something to, you know, look forward to um, if, you're lo- if you're looking for some hope. Yeah. I mean, I saw Micah have a really good rush against Christian Wurst where he, Busted out the inside spin moving one. It, the ball just got out quick. But I, really, I honestly, like, and maybe this is a good thing, but I didn't notice Osa at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. truly. Like, like I, I didn't notice any of the interior. Like, yeah, I was paying attention to Urban a little bit because we just had him on the podcast. I was excited about him. And he yeah. made a few, like, you know, eight ups of double teams and made a few plays against the run. But, like, I didn't notice Watkins at all. I didn't notice Osa at all. I didn't really notice Urban at all. I didn't notice Bohanna at all. So I was just kind of like – Maybe that's like the corner thing where if you're not noticing them, maybe yeah. they're just doing their job. But also, you would expect them to, you know, you expect them to break through and maybe get a pressure or something. But none of that happened. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's better than the flip side if we if we heard about them all game and in a negative way, you know, giving up big play after right. big play. And, and it's just, I mean, it's so tough against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady because he gets the ball out so quick. He's got a quick release, like. There weren't. There were only a handful of snaps where mm-hmm. there was like time to rush the passer. Like either, either Anthony Brown was getting cooked, Jordan Lewis was getting cooked, or the ball was coming out fast. So it was like mm-hmm. you could count on two. You know, out of how many dropbacks he threw, fifty sometimes. Like there was probably ten reps where it was like, okay, you might have had a chance to get some pass rush there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think many people realize how fast Brady gets the ball out of his hand to like. Um, because I was reading the reply to Trevor Sikkim's tweet about the Parsons and Osa tweet. They're like, "Well, how come the Cowboys had zero sacks?" Well, because Brady gets the ball out before anybody right. can get to him. I mean, there's more to it. So. Yep. No, you're right. But that's all the time we got for today. We'll be back next week, hopefully, to talk about uh, uh the Cowboys' first win of the year against the Chargers as they head to Los Angeles. Uh, they got you know back-to-back road games and they go back home in week three. So. We're hoping they can get back on the win column here, um, you know, and, and give themselves a chance uh, to, to, you know, compete for this NFC East championship. The Giants and the Giants and the football team play each other this week uh, on Thursday Night Football. So you're going to have one one and one team in the division, and or if they tie, but you'll probably have one one and one team in the division. And the Eagles do play the 49ers. Kind of expect the 49ers to win that one. If the Eagles beat the 49ers. Then we're gonna have a little bit more of a discussion of yeah. if this Eagles team is is you know legit. So. More interesting. Yep. So it all week two. I feel like will tell us a lot more. Maybe not about the Cowboys, but about the playoff picture in the NFC East than week one did. 
because we just don't know with Washington quarterback in hurt mid game playing a good team. Like, are they still are they not good, or was it just a good team playing a good team and the better team came out on top? And I can't tell you anything about the Eagles in Week One, so we'll know a lot more after this Week Two game. We'll be back to talk about it next week on the Talk in the Star podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to all the Blogging the Boys podcast channels on the Blogging the Boys podcast network on whatever podcast platform you listen to uh, and listen on Spotify, Apple Music. Whatever you're listening on, we're on there. Just search Blogging the Boys. Hit subscribe, and you'll get all the different shows from all the different voices over at Blogging the Boys. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are Talking the Star.